Bring us in, girl. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, February 15th. My God, my God. Guys, Studio 89, we're calling it that because that's what's been sticking, I guess. You guys own it. We don't have a better name Out right now. No. We kind of gave up. We, yeah. got, <laughs> we got spring baseball weather in February here. Kids are outside up uh, in Pittsburgh anyways. That's raw, man. Going to 64 up here, girl. beautiful when I stepped out of my house. I was shocked. And I had a jacket on because I didn't really know. And then I just stepped outside. I didn't even look at the weather. Stepped outside and I was like, oh. It, it's mid-February. Yeah. The grass is growing. Yeah. Right. Allergies Gorgeous. are high. So if my voice is a little bit raspy, it's because it doesn't know what season it is. I don't call it scare people, global warming. Just, you know, it's a El Nino or Nina, whatever it is. Who cares? Let's enjoy the weather. All right. That's, enough, That's so enough other politics and crap to talk about. And we're here to talk about sports and some of the oh, hot yeah. topics on on our minds, man. So Well we we, we have a couple here. topics, but if if you if you have some topics, if you if there's something burning in your mind right now that you want to talk about, please. Well, yeah, I mean, uh I posted my first comment, which I'm always kind of uh, hesitant to do so to join the conversation. Social media is, is interesting because that, you know, you, you either are in it and you use it for uh, the purposes intended to use it for marketing sales, you know, just getting likes, being famous. Uh, you can do all that. Right. But when you want to join the conversation, it's amazing to me, the sports gets people all fired up as if, you know, they're winning the championship ring. Like the Eagles fans I saw out in Arizona coming out irate after the game. These guys were like ready to flip cars and stuff. And I go, did they lose money? I mean, they might have lost money. I can understand that. But the way that they come out steam steamrolling people and wanting to fight and stuff, it's almost like I didn't know they were getting a ring too, a championship ring. I think it's so, because, girl, I think it's because they live in Philadelphia and, you know, they're probably not too happy about that, too. I think this game brought them away from that mentally. And then when they realize they have to go back to that city, they're probably like, this We're is brutal. We're alienating Philly listeners if we have this any. This is the second, second podcast in a row. I know. I know. But you know what? Hey, they give it back. So whatever. Yeah, that's true. It's all good. Yeah. They can dish it. They can take it. Yeah. How was your career against the Phillies, Grill? Well, I, I mean, I it was an organization that let me go. Uh, or actually, I let them go. That's the real story. But it'll put in the transaction sheet that they, they released me. But I asked for that release. Um, oh. The Philly fans are tough. I mean, they're tough. Mm-hmm. And they have the top-tier organization, big money organization. They expect to win. They expect to be in the fight and the hunt. So, um, you know, I, I, shoot, I would love to have that that same stigma here in Pittsburgh. I mean, I know that's that's the knock on our owner that they don't invest in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pirates, um, you know, again, I think it's it, like going to my point where I was going to bring up is the topic of all these rule changes. Yeah. Um, people want to talk about that stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. But I made a comment about um, how people are trying to save all this time. And, you know, I don't understand how much time we need to be saving in sports. But I guess if time is money, because now all the, the marketing and the media controlling and the advertisements and to pay these big salaries. I guess that's the reason, you know, really nobody's going to say it. Nobody's going to call it like that. 
But I think that's really a big, you know, topic is, is there's, this is a business of baseball. It's a multi-billion dollar industry as all, all major sports are, right? Yeah. So getting that advertising money, they got to make it interesting to fans to, to bet, to, to, you know, drop ads, which I don't know. It's, there's a lot of money involved and, and the salaries ain't going down. They're, they're continuing to escalate. What about the, so I, I, I've always thought of this too, because, and maybe this is only coming from someone because I, I love the sport like I do, but I've, I've always personally kind of felt, I think there, I think there are certain rule changes that have made the game better. I do think that, but I think the, the notion of speeding up the game, like everybody is talking about, I don't really know what, I think that the average of a time of a game right now is little over three hours, which your reg- your your average football game if you're sitting down to watch that it's probably that if not more but and I and obviously football is the most popular sport in the country yeah. um, I don't think that's deniable but I wonder because do you think and and it's interesting I'd be interested to ask you this grill but do you think that it's more of a problem with baseball needing to market the sport better in general and market some of their more popular players because i don't know if it's if they just need to do a better job of that or if they actually do need to make these rule changes and continue to try and speed up the game and make it more i don't know more palatable for a younger generation i'm not really sure yeah i think i think there's you make a lot of good points there um I don't know. I just guess making concessions for the at the stake of the game. I understand some things have to be modified, but to be almost like tested and tried during a season, you know, we as players get ready to play a game that we've played since little kids, at least for me anyways. And then the brand of baseball changes. Um, You know, it's it's always bigger, faster, stronger. It's how world records are broken. You're like, oh, that record's never going to be broken. Well, People continue to break records um, because they get bigger, faster, stronger in a sense. So, you know, doing the same thing with the game. Yeah, I think there's some modifications that should be uh, made, but there's some that just absolutely not. And and, and to to subject the integrity of the game, because if you're going to have a Hall of Fame, you're going to have all these records. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. You know, these guys were, were judged uh, in different eras and different times. So it's hard to say, well, he's the home run king or he threw the fastest pitch because technology's changing, all that stuff's changing. And then you sit there and go, well, okay, if we're going to compare a guy like George Brett, who was awesome in his heyday, right? That was a big name right. player. They probably made a million and a half, $2 million a year back in the late 80s. Uh, and, and today, what would he make? Or just even his career numbers, you know, comparing him to guys that uh, maybe took steroids and the integrity of, those numbers, um, you know, again, we're starting to alter all that to say, is he or isn't he a, a first ballot Hall of Famer? And there's arguments like that. It'll continue to rise because, you know, if if there's standards, and that's kind of I'm going to tie this top 100 stuff that we do into this, um, as we should, because if we're testing the standards of what the major league athletes do, and we're trying to teach all these young kids, especially at the collegiate level, which that's the that's the bridge between, hey, you're still an amateur. And you get to be a professional in any sport, you know, and it's not just baseball. It's, it's every, every major league sport. Um, I think you got to find that, that common denominator, but, um, and and of course, I think as an athlete, they will take anything 
They will do anything if that's what their dedication is to be a part, to make a career and be paid handsomely for that. They're going to just abide by it. And they don't care about what we think. It's like, a, it's like a scene out of that movie, The Gladiator, right? Are you not entertained? You know, he's like, are you not entertained? It's like he's doing his deal, slaying heads and fighting for his life. And people look at major league athletes. We can yell at them. We can cheer, jeer. And they don't know that there's human beings in those uniforms too. But they don't look at that. You're supposed to be able to take that. Because why? Because you're making all this money. Why? Because you're a professional athlete. There's all these standards and stigmas uh, against it. I'm not saying fans can't, you know, boo and cheer and all that. I've I've been on both ends of that. Um, it's part of the job. But what I'm saying is is that if we're holding these guys to a standard and we keep modifying things, it makes keeping a job and keeping a standard for kids to go. What do I need to do? It's very confusing, right? I think it becomes very confusing. And then you have all these talk shows, which is great. Everybody can have a talk show and and uh, debate all these topics, but you know who's making the ultimate decision? It's no nobody cares uh, about our opinion. Even it's just right. uh, something that we can say we like, we don't like it, and who's with us? You know, <laughs> who's with us on that? There's some murmurs out there that maybe perhaps the uh, the Hall of Fame should break it up into decades because each decade is different. It tells a certain story about the game sure. at the end of the day, right? Break it out into the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. 80s, 90s, steroid era, early 2000s, right? Then you, you bust it out into that. I mean, it's it's an interesting way to tell the story about the game. Whether you like it or not, steroids was not to get into that, but steroids was part of the game. Yes. You know, it I, is. You can't hide from that fact. Right. You know, there was betting and gambling going on but earlier than that. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you know. if you look at, especially like you mentioned with the steroid era, you've got, you know, guys like Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't there for that for that era but from things that i've been told from people who saw that i mean that was it was all that anybody was talking about anytime that the home run chase was going on like you were cutting into those guys every morning in the paper i'd reading at the post standard here it'd have sosa mcguire every every day yeah with their home run counts right and it was just exciting to see that i remember it 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 really save baseball right do you think it's a baseball grill do you think it was really saved because of that, I, I think it. I think it drew some interest. It's no different than you go to a WWE wrestling match, and whether it's Hulk Hogan or you know The Rock, one of the people that people want to see, they're going to see the guy win. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wants to be associated with a winner. So you know, during that time, everybody wants to see amazing things. They want to be uh, in a moment where they feel, "Hey, I paid for this ticket." I made this effort. I was there when, and to say they witnessed it um, because they can't do it on the field. They feel a part of it. You know, it's the old adage too, where it's like, we won, they lost. If you're a fan and you go, we won, but you always hear, well, they lost last night. That's, it's always funny to me. Uh, and now being a fan on the other side, like I, I try to watch uh, what people say and catch myself, whatever it was my son's game or whatever. Because they go, you know, if, unless you're on that field, uh, you're you're essentially a witness to it. And I understand being attached to it because you have a jersey and you support and all that. Um, you know, especially the fans that used to say, we pay your salaries. I'm like, uh, not really. But, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's more media uh, paying for our salaries and the networks really pay the salaries. Um, right. If I think if that's why it's always funny, there's a big argument with the players' union. 
hey, to the owners, open up your books. They never do, you know, because they don't want uh, us to know how much they're really essentially making and taking yeah. home. And that's yeah. the argument. Like, you know, it's kind of like divvy up the pie, but that's never going to happen. So, well, it are, the interesting thing about that, that could open up a whole nother discussion and not to throw you know, the, the buckos under the bus, but it, I think a lot of the, there's a lot of criticism that sometimes comes in the way of the, or comes the way of those kind of smaller market teams for, for lack of a better term, because I think you've got billionaire owners who are owning these teams. And I think any, you look at a team like San Diego, who is San Diego's a small market in mm-hmm. the sense of, you know, when you're comparing, yeah, they it got to money. We don't know. They, right. There's a lot of money. Right. And they, but they they don't operate like a small market team, like you said. Do you? I mean, in your because you were in this game right in the thick of it. I mean, is it is the public perception that you know these teams are being? I guess some of these teams are being cheap, for lack of a better term. Is that do you do you see that going on from from your opinion? Well, I'll just use the Pirates because I'm right underneath it and I've played in the organization. They don't keep – they build a core where they draft all these number one picks and they've essentially become a feeder team to these other teams. I mean, I don't – the Yankees, we're like 4A. I I call the Pittsburgh Pirates 4A in a sense because it's like if you're getting all these number one draft picks, which if you hang on and develop the team, yeah, you're going to make some trades and try to – see what team chemistry and bolster this and that and who's your core. But, you know, you look at, you look at some of the, the talent and the arms that have come through here um, and the players that come through here and how, where they go and they go on to win uh, when winning is something that used to be a part of uh, the pirates ways back in the late seventies, right. early seventies, late seventies. And the reason being everybody gets on this owner here is because of the, you know, the, the uh, what do you call it? The luxury tax. If he's yeah. getting money from the Yankees or the LA, and or, like I said, who who can tell us how to spend your money? I can't tell a billionaire who owns a team how to spend his money. Nobody nobody can. They don't have to like it. He doesn't care. He's a, he's entitled to. So I'll defend that part of it. But what I think that the league has to do, the commissioner's office has to do on the owner's side and the players' unions to push is that there's a league minimum. Uh, like a team uh, uh, like salary. A salary floor. Yeah, salary floor, like $100 million, call it, right? If there's no salary cap. There's got to be a salary floor because Agreed. you got to be able to keep some of your star players. And that's why these guys will sign uh, – Pirates will sign a guy to a you know five-year, $80 million deal. They'll backload it uh, to keep him there. And then other teams, once he's developed, they'll pick up the salary because they can. Um, and then, they, you know, these poor people who do buy a jersey – Watching, you know, uh, some of the star players up and comers here. Uh, well, Cabron Hayes, he's one guy that signed mm-hmm. third baseman here, talented kid. Um, you know, you wonder how long is he going to stay here? And they got a good core. They got McCutcheon as a leader back. It's exciting. But, again, I think it's these owners, like in any business, you're going to tell the top 100 or, you know, change your pace, Steve Gurley, chicken wings or – Whatever you know, anything that I'm doing, you're gonna tell me how to, you know, rock and ball wise, you can tell me how to spend my money. No, you can have an opinion about it. I'll surely take it, but in the end, it's it's none of our damn business. But if they want to be in business, they want to be a contender. I would think if you're able to own a team, 
from an ego standpoint, from that winning in success breeds more money. I know when you win yeah. in the playoff shares, players get some of that, that, that championship money. And so do owners. Mm-hmm. And owners if you have a winner, fans will pay the money, right? Fans will pay the money. They'll, they'll be fans there. Fans will pay the money. They want to be a part yeah. of it. And I know that's <clears throat> just, again, to pick on the pirates. I think they're one of those, especially, uh, uh, talked about teams and organizations is because mm-hmm. it used to be a very winning organization, you know, extremely, you know, winning organization where the, the pride of all that we are family, um, you know, even the Steelers and the Penguins, it's all winning. And this is when we were 10 years ago in 2013, we brought out people, just kids in the pride of this is a baseball town. These guys are, these people are starved for a winning team. And, uh, you know, it's just sad because I think everybody wants to do it. But that's why I think they're trying to realigning the, the divisions to, um, you know, uh, allowing more. I know that we're talking about, yeah. Making it a tournament because it's like if you got a shot, once you get into the playoffs, it is a tournament. It's a tournament now. Mm-hmm. So what do you, as a, as a former player, what are your thoughts on that? And especially with what we saw last year with um, expanded playoffs. Cause I've, I've thought about this in a few different ways because I think it's good in the, in the sense that it, it does incentivize. I think it could incentivize teams maybe at the trade deadline, maybe in the off season who are just like, you know what? I think we're like a player or two away from getting over that hump, getting a wild card spot. So maybe mm-hmm. they're going to spend the money or make the trade to do that. But then again, I feel like it also can incentivize certain teams who are right on the bubble and who are like, you know what? Maybe we are good enough to grab that second or third wild card spot. So maybe we don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I think it could go both ways. Which way do you see it, guys? What do you think, Jess? Well, uh, you know, I I kind of think about the NBA when yeah. you're asking. And mm-hmm. When half the teams are allowed in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah, pretty I mean, much. It's like, do you even have to play? No wonder why they don't play defense during the regular season, you know? Yeah. So. I do like the fact that a team that could be a player or two away that, you know, it gets the the fans excited, right. you know, during the season that they have a chance. I, I, I think it's a good thing. I, you know, the opportunity for the, the underdog to beat, you know, the bigger team in the playoffs is, is, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that, but how many, like, what is that? What is that line? Right. You know, what is that line? Like the 2020 season when they let half the teams in, like that, that was that was that was much, a little bit, a bit, a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then well, again, people it's don't, a people game people don't realize it. Yeah. Again, too is is the length of the season and guys preparing for that. It's it's a, right. it's high stress, man. And and these guys' careers and adding, we got the World Baseball Classic, which is another tournament at the beginning yeah. of spring training yeah. this year. Which is awesome, by the way. I, if you can play in it, I tell the players, do it at least once. It is so fun. It's well, Grill, we kind of want to talk about that. If you if you want to transition right into it, just get yeah. your thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay. So you you participated in the World Baseball Classic. Was it twenty? You did two. You did two of them, right? Three. I did two thousand six, two thousand nine, and two thousand thirteen. Okay. Oh, so six was the was the first. The first one we had Tommy Lasorda. I, I should, um, I, I, I have the cassette tape, and I, I transferred it into Audacity to make it an MP3. 
before I'm trying to clean up the graininess. Casey has my- no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, I know. Uh, well, do, do I you? know what a cassette tape is. The all the rest of it yeah. I understood. Okay, all right. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda gets everybody in those little tiny showers. We had this tiny locker room. Um, we were at Wildwood Sports at, at Disney. Tiny, tiny locker room, and Tommy Lasorda throws us all in there, has us so amped up, like I said, that we're like gladiators in the shower. Team Italia, who has zero shot um, at beating. We had, we had Australia, which was our, our only shot at a win, which we did mm-hmm. beat them, by the way. Um, and then we had Venezuela and Dominican Republic. Ouch. Uh, in our, in our, yeah. And they had so bro, teams. Here, here's the difference today. That pool A where Italy is, if you, I don't know if you saw it, but they have Panama, Cuba, Netherlands, and uh, Chinese Taipei. So they that, can make it that, out. That's their pool. We got they better every out. time, man. I think it's it's what what I loved about the teams that I've got to play on was they actually allowed and, and some of these guys were fighting these these pros over there were fighting for a spot and it was their big league opportunity. You know, I remember the one in Toronto in two thousand nine, especially these guys were like, we get to play on a big league field in a big league atmosphere, and in Canada. It's the largest per capita uh, of Italians besides the Italian, you know, the country itself. Is Italy it really? So, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know that same. either. I yeah, assumed so it was the Italian, Utica, New York. The but. Italian pride in Toronto was the blue, the Azuri, was, <laughs> was flowing pretty good over there, you know? Nice. Yeah. What was, so what was that? Talk about that experience a little bit because it's it, it sounds cliche. The question is going to – and I'm sure you've been asked this, but – it really is. I think when players talk about it, you can sense the, you know, kind of the pride that they have. But what was it like representing, you know, your heritage, uh, you know, representing Team Italy, wearing that that name on the front of your jersey and getting to play in three different World Baseball Classics? Like you said, obviously, you you tell players at least play in one, but you played in three. So what was that like? Well, I'm gonna, I guess I get because I got to go to the reference behind me. Right, this is the thing. This is all the big league dirt. Me and my father pitched on eleven mounds throughout, you know, the minor leagues and the big leagues, and these are all the, the mounds that we got to share and touch our cleats to. But nice. the top, the baseballism sign, maybe speak to the. Uh, here, I can see if I can lift it up here, so you can read it. I don't know if you can see it. It says the name on the front of the jersey represents who you play for, and the name on the back of the jersey represents who raised you. Do them both justice. So, you know, you to go. be considered Italian or your 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 family history, your roots, um, to play for the country that you know you get to play for pridefully, it takes a whole different meaning, and it is it is extreme pride, and um, you know you get caught up in the emotion of of it, and especially when you see. I remember, like I said, the first <laughs> the first one we played in with Dominican and Venezuela. These people had all their, and I've never played winter ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I never got to play down in Venezuela, but or any of those countries in winter ball. But you know, to hear all the, the the cowbells and all the, you know, I don't know what you call them, all their you know Latin instruments, it was loud. It was a party, and I know that the the the, the players themselves uh, it amped them up, you know, and it intimidated us. I would say a little bit because we're like, man, we got no fans here. You know, it's like playing an away game. Um, um, but, yeah, it was it, it It definitely – you can see it on TV, and it's gotten bigger and better every year. I remember um, – I'm trying to remember who it was, but uh, Adam Jones made that catch. Oh, 
off of Manny Machado. That was, That's what it was. And the place went absolutely bananas. It's playoff World Series baseball in spring training. So if you can get out of going on the backfield, the half field, doing PFPs for two hours where you're like, please, can we just wrap this up? <laughs> All right. I think I got it down. <laughs> I'd rather go. I'd rather go eat a cannoli at the spread table and, and wear yeah, Team Italian there you go. Yeah. and play some some uh, some fun Smarangini. times. It's, it's a way different experience. For you. It's like getting out of class, you know, to go could go on Ferris Bueller's Day Off for baseball players. So I know a lot of guys will, will enjoy that, but I, I'm excited to watch it. That's amazing. So that pool is March 8th to the 12th. And it seems like that's when it all starts. Yeah, March 8th is the earliest that it rolls, and that's with Italy in Pool A. USA, Pool C, USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. That's a pool right there. There we go. So, you know, they're only taking the winner and the runner-up of each that move on to the, uh, to I, the second round. What I love the... In Phoenix, Arizona, by the way, for Pool C. That's going to be sick. Pool A, where Italy's at, they're, at, uh, they're in Taiwan. Really? Yeah. So they're going all wow, they're all over, huh? Yeah. Dang. That I think the the I, I don't I love the amount of players that I guess like, you know, the amount of players that decided to play in this world baseball classic. Cause I think some sometimes in years past, like players have been skeptical to do it, but I think you're seeing a lot. I mean, this is at least for the US and like you look at the Dominican Republic, teams like that. I mean, every single one of the best players, pretty much from from these countries, are on this team. Team Italy too. I mean, I think Rizzo's there. There's up and coming guy. Um, he's got a great last name, uh, Vinny Pasquatino. He's. I mean, <laughs> you look at some of his uh, his numbers. He he bangs. So there might be a he might be an up and coming star in the league. But um, but I mean, you got Mike Trout and Mookie Betts in the same outfield. And then you decide, you know what? Oh, we're gonna get maybe Kyle Tucker and right. I mean, there are the stars that are gonna be on display. And this is, you know, there's always been things. I got the. I was not allowed to pitch more than one inning in some of the cases because, you know, a lot of the general managers will will get nervous because it is a higher, oh. you know, caliber baseball played and and meaningful. Great the guys are going all out, you know, and wanting to win and and whatnot. So. I think they feel like, hey, are you ready? But I'm like, guy, you trained all off season. If you don't show up in spring training ready to play, I mean, you know, this is a commercial for baseball. The World Baseball Classic is a commercial for baseball. So if you created yeah. it and then you say, well, we don't want guys to play. Yeah, I get why you don't want GMs are afraid, but I'm like, well, then why have the classic? It's just kind of that gas pedal break thing. It's like, all right, well, are we going to do this or not? Because <laughs> you, you have it. And that's why I said some about these rules and some of these things. It's like, you know, you can't do this to athletes. You can't, you can't get us hyped up and we're ready. Right. Guys now, it's expected. You show up to camp. It used to be back when my dad played, you would get ready in spring training. Now it's like you have to get three weeks to a month off after the season's over if some guys take any time off and, uh, and you're back in it. So, you know, you're expected to train and, most guys have their own personal trainers, right? Anyway, so I, I got. Be I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm looking at this roster right now, and I'm I'm jacked up. Which one? Right now, us? Yeah, like I, because <laughs> when this first started, it wasn't ex to me personally. I wasn't excited over it. It was, it, I thought it was 
not you know B level, still major league baseball players, but like it wasn't the best of the best that we had oh. because it wasn't as big yet, you know. And now I think with the World Cup, yeah, and those watching those players, the type of athletes play in that and not miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, baseball is trying to get that type of feel with the World Baseball yes, Classic. I feel like it's resonated with the American players. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, uh, Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, though, I'm, I'm, I'm no, actually excited. St- I might buy a T-shirt. I might buy a hat because yeah. of this and, and really tune in. Go. Certainly buy and that it. right there is why they. this is what they want. And this just goes right. back to... You're excited about a team. Now imagine the Pittsburgh Pirates through some people would be all out going like, this is our year, right? That mm-hmm. resurrection. The Cubs had to sit through it, but the Cubs are a top tier organization. But that, that just goes back to the earliest, earlier conversation about getting people amped to be fans and, and all that. So yeah. just by yeah. you going to do that, you're like, I can't wait to be prideful about Team USA. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And also spring training or go play at the World Baseball Classic. It's so nice because <laughs> I feel like the great right. thing about this World Baseball Classic too is and, – and maybe this is just me, but I feel like a lot of baseball fans feel the same way. I'm sure you guys do too. But you know, once you get that first – like there's those first couple of scenes you see or like the first – the sights and sounds where you're hearing that pop of the mitt, the crack of the bat, and you're like, oh, baseball We're is back. back. This We're is back. Ama- and then you're like three weeks into it and you're like – Okay, let's just start the games, please. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. tired of seeing the spring. Like, but I think now we're gonna get the chance to see real bit. Like, like Jason said, playoff type atmosphere baseball immediately. Immediately, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. You were reading some of the the players from that USA lineup. Mm-hmm. Listen to the DR. This is the infield. I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Pena, MVP of last year's World Series, Manny Machado, yeah. Rafael Devers, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Wander Franco. In the outfield, you've got Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez, and Eloy Jimenez. And then if you if you care about some other guys, you got Gene Segura, Nelson Cruz, Robbie Cano. I mean, it. this team is Cano is still stacked. hanging on. Still it's hanging okay. on. It's okay because we have Clayton Kershaw, Adam Wainwright, Nestor Cortez. <laughs> Nasty. He's gonna be keeping him off balance. There you go. We we got the staff, man. I'm loving it. It's awesome. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Oh my! It's, it's gonna be it's so amazing. much fun. And, and you got Ken Griffey Jr. as a coach. That's pretty cool. Huh? That's oh, is he sick. really? He's it, the hitting coach for the U.S. Who's the and manager? Uh, Mark DeRosa. Okay. Do you awesome. know Mark DeRosa, Jason? Yeah, he should be with Team Italia, shouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Oh, but no. Um. Those teams are did okay. Did you ever get the chance to see any of the? Because this is a question I actually have been have been pondering for a little bit. But did you get the chance to see any of the like up close and personal with Team Japan when they were there? No, because ah, I wonder what the. I always wonder coming in what that is going to look like because obviously there's talented players. You look at Shohei Otani um, and guys like that, but. What's the real? Because I feel like the, the World Baseball Classic is where we can see kind of the real difference from the like the professional baseball in Japan and professional baseball here. Yeah, and not that professional baseball in Japan isn't isn't outstanding and there aren't incredible players, but I feel like sometimes it shows that like no Major League Baseball is still the standard. Yeah, I feel like we see that. Sometimes. That's Pool B, by the way, for Japan. I don't yeah. know if you have it up, but they're they're playing Korea. Okay. Australia, China, and the Czech yeah, those Republic. Dudes are, those dudes are badass, man. I mean, they come yeah, in. they're they're real. Yep. 
I think they won it one year, didn't they? They won the I thought Japan uh, did. did. And Ichiro, yeah, Ichiro yeah. was on the team. Yeah, they're and, not kidding. Uh, they're not. These guys could play Major League Baseball. I mean, they you know look at all the guys that come over there. It's, um, I think it's the opposite though when USA guys go over there. The culture shock. I know yeah. when I play with Johnny Gomes, who we'll have to have on the show. And he can speak more to it. He used to send me pictures, you know, of like, oh my God, get me home. And this is a guy that's a he's a patriot, man. This guy is his tattoo, <laughs> the American flag on his his uh, arm. Thought he was going to be in the military, and um, you know, just a great teammate. I just actually saw him at the the waste management PGA tour. Uh, but always fun to see him, and he he'll speak to the difference and have us. In stitches, man. He is a funny cat and a great teammate to have on your team. But when he used to send me pictures of what he was doing and how he had taken a bowl to shower, it was just a lot of culture shock. And that alone is is a lot to take, even though you're still playing the same game. It's uh, Grill, you mentioned Pettit. What's going on with Andy Pettit? What's what's his involvement? He's the, he's, he's the pitching, pitching coach. coach. He is the pitching mm-hmm. coach for Team USA. Yeah. Oh, there's names yeah. on that. Yeah. You didn't bring up the whole roster. Yeah, there. So they've got um, the manager is Dave Nielsen, and then they've got. Um, or am I looking at the right one? Where's the managers and coaches? Oh, I clicked on the wrong one. This is where are we here? Oh, this took me to a different one. View roster. There we go. I love the teams like Mark, Team Israel. Yeah, so we got Mark DeRosa as the manager, Jerry Manuel as the bench coach, Brian McCann, another bench coach, and then you got Griffey and Andy Pettit as hitting and pitching coaches. Uh, Dino Ebel is the third base coach. Dave Rigetti is the bullpen coach, so that's another name there. Wow. Rag, yeah, dude, I mean, awesome. That's great. That guy is awesome. What a cool opportunity. It's like an all – I mean, this is, this is an all-star team. It's a big here. deal. I, I know. It's – and, and I'm telling you, it's a different feeling Feel. to go. Yeah, because in, in the regular season, you know, you have a little runway to get ready for the playoffs. Like you play 162 right. games as practice for the 11 games to win a World Series. It's the craziest numbers when you break it down. That's yeah. what we always said. And then you break down the regular season, and I did anyways, and that, okay, we're going to play 500 baseball, 100 games, 50 and 50. The difference between getting in the, in the tournament, I'm going to call the playoffs, Mm-hmm. Is those sixty-two games? What do you do with those sixty-two games? Is the difference between you know, which is what ninety game wins is kind of like, I'd say the benchmark to try to get in. Sure. Now, yeah, you win 90, 90 wins around, hovering around ninety that, games will get you in pretty much. Yeah, yeah. What? So you know, to, to jump in, like I said, to have that, <laughs> have that. Uh, I'm going to throw up because I'm playing World Series caliber baseball in spring training. It'll either get you going, and it helped. Honestly, in 2006, I was trying to make a team with the Detroit Tigers, and getting ready and amped that early, it did help me make that squad. I will say that. Wow. wow. What is what was because you've played in playoff games before, obviously, and pitched in big time situations. What did that? What was the difference, or was it similar at all to was were those playoff games similar to the to those big moments on the World Baseball Classic stage? Yeah, the stage is big. You know, the it's, yeah. the games are meaningful. Um, I mean, even the I don't know. We'll see if does Mexico play Canada. They always fight. So do these game, games mean something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's fights going on. 
I mean, these, these things are, these things get gnarly and nasty. People want to win. It's not, this is not just like eyewash game that you're seeing in spring training where you're yeah. going, okay, here's another pitch and change. This poor rookie gave up seven runs. He definitely needs, you know, to go back to the minors. He's not ready yet. Getting his little cup of coffee in spring training. Yeah, these, these moments and these games matter. And it's, you're going to see it. It's going to get intense. And, um, you know, I'm sure the sports betting will be just as intense too now that they have all that. Oh, for sure. Did, did you mention Jerry Manuel? Did you I did mention, mention Jerry okay. Manuel. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've been trying to find merch here, and I'm I'm having difficulty, but <laughs> I will I will be wearing it already. Looking during for our the merch. podcast during the the, during uh, the mound visit, visit podcast. Yeah, I will be wearing it during the oh, month of March. Man. Well, maybe we should go out to a game, in Phoenix, man. We should go. I was just looking at tickets grill right now. I was just looking it up. Fe- I tell you, man, what a year for Phoenix. Yeah, to be a wow. Phoenix resident. How about right. that? Might as well. We could get we could get tickets. I'm sure we could get tickets. Trip? Business trip. Hey, we'll make the, trip. We'll make we'll the, do the podcast. podcast. We'll do the podcast there. Yeah. There you go. I I say we make it happen. Of course, of course, I'm going to say that. But yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> that would be. I mean, if, like you said, that that atmosphere. I I will always have that Adam Jones catch robbing that home run i will have that burnt that was the screensaver is that of a my, core memory oh yeah yeah i was watching it live that was a that will be for a long time i'm i'm not like i'm not an orioles fan i was adam jones wasn't it's not like adam jones is my favorite player or anything like that that was my screensaver on my phone for the longest time wow. that the image of that catch but the coolest, um, the coolest was, was that you know teammates and machado like respect dude it was like that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it it was yeah. just the baseball players appreciating each other's talent too. It's so much good, but I, I, I hate to focus on some of the negative, but the, the fun Mexico and Canada do play on Wednesday, March 15th. That's nice. a game to watch. They get heated against each other. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh man. I'm excited. Well, I, I mean, not to, not to jump off the world baseball classic, but I mean, it, it's going to lead right into the major league baseball season pretty much. And I wonder Jason, you know, are there certain teams this year that you're kind of looking at as, you know, I, I think we kind of figured it out last year where there were a couple teams that were like, okay, these are the teams that legit have a, have a shot to win the world series or that we thought. And then you kind of see once the playoffs come around, a couple teams can kind of get hot at the right moment. Are there teams that you kind of can look at from the, you know, from a former player's perspective and say, well, you know, maybe everybody might be kind of sleeping on them, I guess, at the beginning of the year. But are there things that you look at as Nobody a former player? Phillies. Nobody had the Phillies. It's it's the mm-hmm. team that gets hot at the end. The yeah. team, it's not, sometimes it's not the best team that mm-hmm. will win, especially in this format. It's a team yeah. that gets the hottest, and and you know baseball is about confidence, and who gets streakiest, uh, because and I'll tell you what what other factors nobody talks about, um, the time off at the end of the year. I know two years that I can speak of two thousand six when I was mm-hmm. there with the Tigers, and we had to wait to see who won between the Mets and the Cardinals. We had eight days off at the end of the year. It was between weather, and we swept the Oakland A's, and we had to wait to see. Who won? We had eight days off. It it didn't yeah. it didn't bode well for us, as as people saw. It just was we went cold, 
Um, and everybody said we were the better team on paper. And then in 2007, when the Rockies, remember how hot they got? Mm-hmm. And then they had to play the Red Sox. They, too, had eight days off, a week off, eight days off. When you stop, you stop playing a momentum, it can change the variable of how you play. And I felt like, you know, and I didn't play every day, but, damn, I had to get myself really ready, especially mentally. I felt like I was chewed taffy on the bottom of my shoe. My body was just gummy. It just was that late in the season, and you're trying to get it going. Turning it off and turning it on, your body really hurts. So if you have time off, I don't care how much training you do, when you're not in game speed and game ready mode and you're playing every day, that's why you got to play baseball every day. Um, But, yeah, that was tough. That was tough to chew on. So, again, you're asking me. I I love the Blue Jays. Still rooting for they keep adding. They're going to be in a fight. Uh, They Mm -hmm. add a few more pieces. They're fun to watch. Um, uh, You know, I don't know. I I, I, Honestly, I haven't followed, like, I and no players, like, when you play. I used to go over every roster and know every guy. And I don't report. So, uh, you know, to be in it every day, I'm, again, I have to, Give give Otis to amateur baseball here, which is what I'm paying a, a lot more closer attention to these days because my son's in it and I got two boys at play. So it's funny how you shift your focus a little bit, but uh, it's fun to watch my son and who their heroes are and having some of the current Pittsburgh Pirates over my house, uh, which has happened recently on their winter tour. Um, so they'll, they'll be here if they need to hide out at the barn down on the farm with, with grilled cheese over here. There you go. Maybe maybe invite a couple of them on the show, potentially. Yeah, them on the show. No there doubt. There you go. Nisha. Ednar and Jong, all those guys. They'll, they'll come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk to Cabrian Hayes. A little insight from that. He he I hear is he's kind of quiet. Is he? Yeah, I heard he's not really a. Uh, I could see it. All business. He's a shy. I don't know. Just reserved. That's the that's the word. Reserved. He's very kind of reserved guy charlie hayes son. that's a yeah charlie hayes is not opposite charlie hayes was a teammate he was a great teammate what a boisterous guy but his son i think is the opposite of him interesting huh so i don't know but yeah no he's he's a good guy and he's fun to watch i think you know like you said the infield you got freaks of nature on the left side there yeah what do you think about o'neill cruz have you gotten to see him up close and personal yeah yeah, he's an avatar. Dude. He's oh a freak. And he's an avatar. And, yeah, he's, he's he should be a, a breakout. I'm I'm hoping he can have a breakout and get hot. And like I said, with Kutch in there, having that having that stigma of of his presence and former MVP there, that that gives that rubs off on players just because you feel like you know, hey, I want to be like that. You know, I want to be yeah. in the limelight and get that kind of notoriety and attention and. It, it, like I said, look at all the guys that have escaped out of here and went on to $300 million contracts and careers. Charlie Morton, uh, you know, dominating, winning the playoffs. And he had the yep. best stuff. But for some reason, you know, just whatever whatever goes on here, um, it's it's a shame because it's it's good. But that's, that's, that's baseball, guys. That's the business of baseball. You could point to – yeah, There's a, it's interesting because – I think you could point to the money and obviously, but you look at guys like you mentioned, Charlie Morton, you look at Garrett Cole, uh, Tyler Glass now. I mean, there's guys who've come through that that Pirates organization on the bump specifically 
who have now gone on to have you know incredible success. Really good. Yep. Do you think that uh, you know to kind of close off here? Do you think that that's kind of is that a player development thing? Is it a maybe change of scenery type thing? Because you're a guy obviously who who had a lot of changes uh, changes of scenery, and finally you know once when you got to you know you kind of found a home in Pittsburgh. So it was almost. Not that it was the opposite for you, but I mean, you really found no, I was with around, I, Like I said, I just, I was a first round pick too. And I just never got the right. silver spoon treatment. I had some injuries. There's just different variables. Uh, sure. When I found a home, it was because when somebody has confidence in you and you know that you're going to play every day, your attitude, and it's easier to get ready. You know, when you know your job, right? If you know your guy's job description, and you go to work and you show up every day, you have a routine, you prepare, and you do the best you can do that day. When you don't, you're bouncing around and well, I'm here and I'm down the minor league. It's the most toxic level in baseball Sounds is chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Chaotic yeah. and it's it's really degrading, it's depressing. You feel like you gotta get on that 40 man roster. If you're the only place to play this game when and professionally is in the big leagues. It is a mm-hmm. it is astounding. The treatment, the catering to the good life, and um, you know, you feel like, wow, um, you're, you're, you've earned. You can see the mountaintop, and it's it's a euphoria of, you know, that's where I said it, 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 there is some ego feeding, and you have to do that in order to be confident to do something that is a high level, high stress occupation. And I guess that's why, if I make a comment, I'm gonna circle and close to anything that I don't like about the game changes. It's because you have to continue to prepare differently. If you're going to make a harder baseball, you can't use any grip on the baseball or you're going to make the bases bigger. or You're going to do this. And I got 30 seconds to do it. Now my mind, we talked with John Buck. My mindset is going to change somehow. And I have to adapt to it, of course, because that's what the game, the rules are going to be, you know, used to play at. But right. do I have to like it? No, I can bitch and complain about it. But I better mold to it and figure out a new routine and adapt. Otherwise, you're out. And and this game doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't. It, that's what I said. There's no crying in baseball. If you don't like it, play better. If you don't yeah. like it, you know, you better figure out how to make it a part of how you adapt your game play and your routine into all this. Which is what you tell these kids at a young age. Hey, we're testing for all this stuff. Why? Because these people are looking for that. And want to put you at a different, higher level. Can you hack it, kids? Can you hack what is being thrown at you? You know, um, yeah. so that that's sports, man. When you when you want to play high level, uh, again, we're going to start seeing it in the World Baseball Classic. We're going to start seeing it. I'm watching kids uh, yesterday being outside with this warm weather, already starting to get those juices flowing and getting some of the kinks out and. It's time. I can't believe we're here. Baseball season, man. February 15th. It's uh, exciting. All this preparation, man. They've reported the spring training. They're, yep. we're, we're going. We're off and running. Absolutely. We're back. It's 65, we're 70 degrees. A balmy. 65, 70 degrees up here. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, I think, and, and, and kind of like you mentioned, it's, you know, all of those, all the things that are thrown at you in the minor leagues and now you know, the minor leagues are where they're testing all of these new rules. So it's all, it's almost like another hurdle. You got to step over on your, on your path to the show, which like you mentioned is, um, you know, it's, I'm sure it, 
not that I can speak from experience, but like you've said, it's euphoric when when you get there. So, and I'm sure that this is now going to make it even more, um, you know, gratifying once you're able to finally reach that yep. peak. But great conversations as always today. I think that's a good place to park it. To park it. I know. Um, we'll tease it here. People can be surprised, but we've got a cool, very cool special guest lined up for next week um, that we'll be talking to. So. Um, definitely make sure you tune in for that. Um, and uh, as always, give us, you know, subscribe to us on our YouTube page. Um, subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and on TikTok. We've got, you know, all the little clips of this show that you want to be able to see. And 50 50 um, raffles, we'll be doing those, right? <laughs> t shirt tosses. Yeah, we've got 20 bucks for an arm Just bring the energy, top 100 sports here at the uh, network. And I uh, can't wait. Like I said, I got a slew of friends I can't wait to have on here. Said that they were happy to join the show. So, yeah, high-energy people coming on, and uh, it'll be a good time. So I hope you enjoyed talking with us today. And, uh, yeah, guys, go get, go get some chicken wings, Case. It's time, yeah. dude. Two, right, do, two right. dozen hot, extra crispy. That's that's the way to get it. That's that's the order at oh, the change of pace. Delicious. Let's delicious. Grill, grill, can I get a hungy real quick? Hanji t-shirts are coming. If you haven't seen, if you're not a part of Hanji, which we are, this is part of the Hanji crew. Hanji. We're getting ready, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's baseball season, baby. You got to get them (laughs) Hanjis, man. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And and like we mentioned, if you've got any questions you guys want to ask, for the love uh, of God, Jason. send us some questions. Yes, send us some questions. Give us some stuff you want us to talk about. I know Jason's all. It was we were talking last night, and he was like, "Can we get some phone callers in on this? We'll figure out. Let's dial in. Do that. Yeah. Send us Let's get a phone number first. We'll start there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that people are going to start asking about Justin's hair products, dude. Dude, I need a hair. I need a haircut Saturday. I'm getting one. I'm, I'm done. It is Tresemme. It is Tresemme. Only been two days. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> It's done. I got I got to get time to get a cut. Uh on that note everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Check you. <laughs>